Hey everybody, I wanted to continue this how-to series on how do I grow in prayer. Yesterday's teaching was how do I grow in reading the Bible, and I really encourage you to watch that video or listen to that podcast, some super helpful tools for you to uh, view your time in this book as your most important time um, scheduled each day to meet with God, and I believe equally... um, maybe even more so, when people think about Bible reading, they think about prayer through the same lens or maybe even through um, more of an urgency of, man, I don't feel very good at it. How do I learn how to pray? How do I grow in prayer? Well, this is a a phenomenal question. And I um, I love this quote from J.C. Ryle where he says, prayer is to faith what breath is to life. And so learning how to grow in prayer, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, is paramount. How to have a conversation, how to have a dialogue, how to grow in understanding God's heart, God's wisdom, and God's ways. Prayer is not just for the super saint, it's for every single believer. So how do I grow in prayer? How do I grow in a relational uh how do I grow in my relationship with God is another way to ask, how, how do I grow in prayer? And, and so the disciples in Luke chapter 11 made it very point blank to Jesus. Lord, teach us to pray, just like John taught his disciples how to pray. So if you're like watching this video or listening to this podcast later and you think, I'm not that good at prayer, it's not really for me, I run out of things to say or pray within 15 seconds, well, you're not alone. Jesus' disciples throughout the ages have asked the same question, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? So Jesus, praise God, (laughs) praise Jesus, gave us an incredible template. So I'm just going to work through this, what has traditionally been called the Lord's Prayer, and draw out a few implications. The goal is not to rush through this prayer as we view it as like a framework or a template. Um or a roadmap to have a powerful time with God in prayer. And so I'm going to read it, and then we're just going to draw out a few implications. So this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, Let's just walk through this. And again, for each segment of this template, grab your journal or your iPad or whatever you, however you meet with Jesus on a daily basis and just work through these segments without rushing. And remember, there's a real relational being on the other end of the line. God is relational to the core. He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This sacred, beautiful, holy dance of love and mutuality and conversation and communion and partnership. It's the uncreated God. So God is so relational. So if you're like, I'm struggling in the relationship, he's really good at it. So ask him. I love how the prayer begins, our father. It cannot be under, uh, under communicated that arguably the best way to grow in Prayer is to pray with others. I love that it's in the plural. Again, it's Jesus with his disciples. Teach us to pray, our Father. So the first step of growing in prayer, 
beyond the secret bonus step of pray with other people. That's the best way to learn how to pray by far is to view God as a, as, as a father. Step one in growing in prayer is realizing prayer before it's transactional, it's relational. Father, what do you think of when you think of father? The, the perfect heavenly father as revealed in the scriptures and through the life and ministry of Jesus. You're my provider, you're my protector. You've made a place for me. And so this first whole segment, as you learn to grow in prayer, begin to relate to God through this lens of cultivating relationship. I love you. I want to be near you. Thank you that you're my father. Thank you that I'm accepted in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have given me the right, John 1, to become a child of God by trusting in your son. You could spend hours just on the Our, Our Father. So when you, when, you, when you begin to implement some of these tools in prayer on a daily basis, don't rush this first step of growing in, in, in appreciation and participation in the relationship the Father longs to have with each and every one of his sons and daughters. This is huge. I, I'm, I'm inclined a lot. I prayer walk a lot. I prayer run a lot. I love this segment of growing in prayer, just dialoguing, ministering and, and receiving and just waiting upon the Lord and then just grabbing the scriptures and all that the Father has spoken to us through his son, Jesus. Lord, that is mine by faith. That is my family's by faith. That's our inheritance. So the first step of growing in prayer is to grow and beginning to view and ask the Holy Spirit, show me how good my Father really is. That goes on though. Our Father in heaven. So prayer is about relationship and then it's about learning to rely on and live out of God's perspectives and priorities even beyond our own. So not only is he our Father, but he's in heaven. So no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm walking through, he is higher, he is greater, more powerful. He sees the, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He sees the beginning from the end. He sees ways through mountains. He sees ways through all the various trials and tribulations we face. Our Father in heaven. Relationship, and then step two, God's perspective. This, you could spend... 20 minutes on this segment, easy. Lord, what, what do you see as it pertains to my work? God, what, do, what, do, what is your perspective? What is your vision over my family, over my relationships? And you just begin to dialogue with God about those things in your heart, your mind, your life, where you need his perspective because you are limited. You can't see the full picture. Our Father in heaven, step three, hallowed be your name. Now, I love this. This is about worship and consecration. We know God is holy, but God wants to be seen as holy through his sons and daughters. So when we say holy or hallowed be your name, we're worshiping him for who he is. So it does have a worship element. All of your characteristics, all of your traits, all of your deeds, all of your wisdom. I worship you for that, Father. Son, Holy Spirit, I bless you. Holy be, hallowed be your name. But that's not all that this request in the Lord's Prayer implies. Jesus said, Father, I've given them your name. Just like I kept them safe by the power of your name. I've put your name on them, Father. 
So when we say, hallowed be your name, we're worshiping, but we're also consecrating. Lord, let your holiness, let your goodness, your kindness, your glory and your love be seen in and through my consecrated life. So prayer is about consecration. It's the offering of our life, the offering of our world, the offering of our resources, our time, treasure, and talent. Lord, it's all yours. Take it and use it for your glory and for the good of those around me. Hallowed be your name. Next, your kingdom come. So prayer is about intercession. It's standing in the gap for people, places, and things, relationships, where God's kingdom, and again, when we think about kingdom, it's all-encompassing. It's all the seven cultural streams of, of, of media, art, entertainment, government, business, school, church, recreational life, time, treasure, talent. Kingdom is all-encompassing. It's not just my spiritual life. It's when God is reigning and ruling. He's empowering and filling his people. In every place, they're committed to practicing and proclaiming the way of the king. So when we cry out, your kingdom come, this is intercession time. Lord, if there's something off kilter in my, in my workplace, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let there be justice. If there's a relationship that's sour, Lord, let your kingdom come. Bring breakthrough, bring restoration. If there's sickness, spirit, soul, mind, or body, Lord, let your kingdom come. I'm crying out, your kingdom, how life looks when you're reigning and ruling and you're at the center, Jesus. Let, let your kingdom come. And then secondly, and relatedly, let your will be done. So it's not just intercession, then it's surrender and, and willing to obey whatever his kingdom coming, we come into alignment and agreement with it. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is our commitment to yield ourselves that whatever is not in line with this kingdom, Lord, I surrender that. And then I'm willing to obey whatever you're calling me to obey out of this place of devotion, the word and prayer so that your will is done. Because where his will is done, that's where his kingdom is being established. It's, it, it's not like, well, what does it look like for his kingdom to come? Where he's obeyed. And so this next phase of prayer is amazing where, we, where we're willing to not just theoretically say, Lord, it'd be nice if you did this and did that and did that. No, Lord, I surrender so that that can happen. I yield and I'm willing to obey no matter the cost or consequence for your will to be done, to be established in the earth. And then next, I just gave it away, on earth as it is in heaven. So prayer is about expectation and hope. He has promised to come. He's gonna come and make all things new. And we pray with that, that eschatological hope, that end time hope that he who began a good work will carry it on to completion. And so where we feel weary or discouraged because our world or our family, our relationships, our workplace feels so out of whack with his kingdom and his will, we pray on earth as it is in heaven with expectation, anticipation, and hope because the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God and his Christ. All of the kingdoms of the world, all that can be shaken will be shaken. The only unshakable reality that will be left standing is the kingdom of God, Hebrews chapter 12. So we, we pray out of this, this pregnant eschatological hope. We're not praying amiss when we're praying kingdom agenda, God's vision, God's priorities, God's perspective, God's will. 
we're hitting bullseyes, even if we don't see it in our lifetime, in our kids or our kids' kids, or in, in the age to come when he comes to make all things new. We're sowing into that reality when we say on earth as it is in heaven. And I would rather believe for more for in, in this present age that God wanted to do than to say like some theological streams, well, that's for the future age, so God's gonna take care of that. I'd rather him telling me, Chad, you believe for too much on this side of eternity in the New Jerusalem, then him say, Chad, why didn't you take me serious? I wanted you to pray on earth as it is in heaven. I had so much more I wanted to release through your life and through your obedience and through your prayers, but you didn't ask me for it or believe me for it. So I just wanna so encourage you. Your kingdom come, God's character, God's concerns, God's will, purpose, and agenda. Your will be done. I'm gonna come into agreement and alignment in prayer willing to surrender and obey whatever he's calling me to surrender and obey on earth as it is in heaven. And I love this. This gets super practical. So how am I growing in prayer? Give us today our daily bread. So prayer is about God's provision. Bring your concerns. You can write a list if you need to of areas you need God's blessing or breakthrough or provision. He is such a faithful father. As after this passage, Jesus gives us the breathtaking snapshot of how good the Father is. Do not worry about your food or your body, what you will wear or clothes. Look at the birds, look at the flowers. Your Father provides for all of these and more, will he not much more provide for all of those things that consume you in your worry and in your fear and your insecurity. And that just that myth of scarcity that we're raised to believe, but God is saying, no, Jesus is inviting us. Get a vision of the Father who wants to provide He's so good and so faithful. And so we pray for our tangible needs for provision. But not just that, he then goes on to say, forgive us our debts. I'm so thankful that in prayer, we get to come to God in our sin and our brokenness. And we say, God, forgive us. God, forgive me for how my attitudes or my action, how my character or conduct are not in continuity and agreement with your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So confession and then cleansing and pardon are a big part of prayer, both personally and corporately. We're almost done, we're doing great. It's not just about personal pardon, but he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So in prayer, God might show someone's face or impress someone that you're at odds with or that you've slandered or gossiped against. So Jesus is like, it's about your personal pardon, but it's also about you forgiving others when they've wronged you and hurt you. This is the real stuff of prayer. God, I forgive so-and-so. I forgive that experience. I forgive them. Lord, I wanna be, just as you've forgiven me, I wanna forgive others in the same way. As you've been merciful, Lord, I wanna be merciful. Forgive us our debtor, as, as we, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So prayer is about the commitment to reconciliation. And then it goes on to say, lead us not into temptation. So this is where you're just crying out, Lord, where I need guidance, where I need victory over areas where when temptation springs up, I'm not seeing the door that you've promised in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 to provide a way out of every temptation. You've said you would do that, Lord. So guide me and lead me. When the test comes, the trials and tribulations of life, this is where I'm just talking to God about the hardship, the, the trials, the difficulties. Lord, lead me. Another way to say temptation is test. 
So lead me through this test with victory. Lead me, Lord. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need you to be with me. And he'll promise to answer that part of prayer. And then deliver us from the evil one. I love that a big dynamic of prayer is power and warfare. There's a real enemy who wants to still kill and destroy. But Jesus, but the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit have made provision and have power and resources to overcome all of his schemes. We have armor to put on. Deliver us from the evil one, Lord. And we don't just pray this for ourselves. We can pray this over other people, our family members, our sons and daughters, our spouses, our friends, our colleagues at work, our neighbors, etc. Lord, deliver us from the evil one. This is where we engage in, in confident prayer that God has superior power and resources over all the schemes, plans, and agendas of the enemy. We pray, deliver us from the evil one. This, this dynamic of prayer is prayer in power and warfare. And I want to just encourage you as I land the plane here, take your time with each segment. Our Father, relationship, in heaven, perspective. Hallowed be your name, worship and consecration. Your kingdom come, Lord, intercession. Your will be done, surrender and obedience on earth as it is in heaven. Expectation, anticipation, and hope. Forgive us, give us this day our daily bread, this is about God's provision. Forgive us our debts. This is about pardon and cleansing as we forgive our debtors. Reconciliation. Lead us not to temptation. God, guide me, lead me, show me the path that you have for me today. And then deliver us from the evil one. This is power in the fight, in the warfare, that we have victory over the enemy. We have authority in Jesus to not just get by, but to conquer and overcome every scheme and plan. Take your time. If all you get through is one segment in your prayer time or your prayer walk, praise God. Pick it up on your next prayer time. Move from our Father to in heaven. The, the point is not to get through it. The point is to get through, to, to break the, the pride of man that we don't need God, to break through our self-absorbed life and self-reliance and to say yes to prayer. This is my definition of prayer. The goal is learning to, to respond to God's reach for relational enjoyment and empowered partnership. I still, that language I wrote on purpose. So I, I like to say the first big massive part of prayer is learning just to respond that God's reaching for us for relational enjoyment. Our Father, you get, you, I'm not gonna read, preach the whole thing, teach the whole thing, you get it. Learning to just respond to his reach morning, noon, and night, all throughout the day. And then he reaches for relational enjoyment because he wants to empower us to partner in his kingdom come and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the goal of prayer, learning to respond to God's reach for relational enjoyment and empowered partnership. It's about connection, communion, and conversation. Never forget that prayer is a dialogue. This is why it's so helpful to grow in prayer with others you're learning and you're hearing about their relationship with God, how they relate, phrases and characteristics about God you didn't read in the Bible, but they're contending for, dynamics of God's kingdom and promises that you never even knew you had a right to pray for, but someone else is carrying that burden, that authority, that anointing. Connection, communion, and conversation. This is the point. And every single person can grow in prayer if you just show up and you don't quit showing up. 
And so I just pray, Lord, right now that you would strengthen whoever's watching this, that their prayer life would just receive a fresh grace of the Holy Spirit, that they would walk through just this simple Lord's Prayer template. And each segment, Lord, would be just this this opportunity to discover something of your glory and your goodness, your power, your provision, Lord, your presence, Lord. I pray that you would help my friends watching this and those who might share it later or watch it later to grow in confidence, to respond to your reach, Lord, for relational enjoyment and then empowered partnership. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you next time.